Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Friday, the 13th of January, 2023. Trescodiscophobiacs can stay in bed if that makes you feel better. Some old stories need the backstory told to explain the simple top story. Henry Howard was part of the royal court during the later years of Henry VIII's reign. The king was getting old and paranoid that someone would try to take the throne from him or his son. Whether this was Howard's plan, or if he was just flaunting his rank and lineage in a brash manner, is of debate. It was a common practice to include historic courts of arms into one's own, if a person truly was a descendant. Howard was a descendant of King Edward, who had ruled 500 years earlier. A pompous move, the king takes it as a treasonous act and sentences Howard to be beheaded, the last execution of King Henry's reign. We debate the death penalty today, and it should be withheld in all but the most egregious cases. But that is not the case in Tudor England. Reports vary, but range from 50 to 75,000 people were executed across England in the 38 years of Henry's reign. That's on the order of five per day, six days a week, for 38 years. The scene from Blazing Saddles comes to mind. I can't possibly work him in until next Tuesday. I do not take much time out to promote this show, but for the next two weeks, I'm making an exception. If my friends and loyal listeners would take a second to share this program on your social media, we could set a record number of downloads. If you're feeling extremely generous, there is also a page on Patreon. If you're new, go back and listen to a few of the over 400 previous episodes and follow us on Facebook at Doug Terrell History and Comment. If you listen on Spotify, it's easy from there to share on Instagram. Here in the States, we have a flag issue. In 1794, the young country has added two additional states, Vermont and Kentucky. The original idea of a star and stripe for each state was carried out, and the flag was changed to 15 stars and 15 stripes. It was later decided the idea would add too many stripes, and the number was fixed back at 13, and only stars would be added later. Of note, the 15-stripe flag was the one flying at Fort McHenry when Francis Scott Key witnessed the bombardment there and wrote the poem that became the Star-Spangled Banner. President Andrew Jackson writes a letter to Vice President Martin Van Buren. The topic is South Carolina's defiance of federal authority over tariffs being imposed on imported goods. South Carolina and some of the other southern states felt this was unfair to them. The agricultural South imported much of their manufactured goods. At issue was the idea of could a state nullify a federal law. This was in 1833. We're already seeing the outlines of the issues that will result in the Civil War less than three decades later. William Cantor patents a yarn spinning machine to make Chanel yarn in 1863. Chanel's a fuzzy yarn with two strands and short fibers locked in between. It is closely related to the practice of girls using it to make a boy's class ring fit their small fingers. At least that once was a thing, but may have went the way of the poodle skirt. Alfred Fuller is born in 1885, growing up in Nova Scotia. His parents encouraged him to find a career, so off to Boston he went to live with a sister and see the world. He found a job selling household brushes door-to-door, then in 1906, with a $75 investment, began manufacturing brushes in his sister's basement and selling them. And the Fuller Brush Company was born. The concept of a door-to-door salesman is almost completely lost on us today. 
even in the most remote areas of the country, were no longer open to the idea of a stranger walking up to our door. Not all this called progress really is. The National Geographic Society is founded in 1888. Native language, culture, and regionalism are often the bane of an imperial force. The emperor decrees German will be the language of the Austro-Hungarian armed forces in 1900. The fear was if the Czech language would give the group power and unity. Let's not be too hard on the Eastern European folks. The same concept has been practiced countless times across history. The first public radio broadcast takes place in New York City in 1910. The programming was a live opera from the Metropolitan Opera House. There is a concept in logical debate that you cannot prove a negative. Statements like, Bigfoot does not exist, cannot be proven. This is also the logical fallacy of atheism. This is close to the idea to state something will never happen. It's limited to the power of the speaker. A New York Times editorial reports in 1920 that rockets can never fly. An opinion of the paper, but well outside of their control or knowledge base. The fact is, there was a lot of basic science that was not known at that time, but will be learned in the next couple of decades. What is the adage? Never say never, and do not challenge worse. We often think of Mickey Mouse as a film character, but on this day, Mickey begins a 65-year run in the comic strip or funny papers. There was a small region on the French-German border known as Saarland. After World War I, their region was overseen by the League of Nations as an independent region. In 1935, the residents vote 9-1 to to reunite with Germany. At that time, the Nazis were in power and growing. We spoke the other day of the length America went to in World War II. In 1942, Henry Ford debuts a soybean car and applies for a patent. Soybeans are an abundant source of oil, much like peanuts, but can be grown over a wider region. They were the first foray into the plastics realm. The plastic auto body was 30% lighter than an all-steel body, using less gasoline and steel in the process. At the same time, the Germans are testing the first ejection seat in an aircraft. When aircraft were slow, there was time for a pilot to bail out. But with faster jets and more violent breakups, the need for a rapid egress became a priority. The WSM Grand Ole Opry is the last of a long line of regional radio-based shows. But at one time, it was not the only one. In fact, there were several. The Louisiana Hayride, the Chicago Barn Dance, and the Midwest Hayride out of Cincinnati were contenders. WSM's central location and high power was one factor in their survival. The Midwest Hayride premieres on WLWT television in 1948. The Hayride will have a network presence until 1960. It will continue on WLW radio for another 10 years. Henson Cargill and Kenny Price will be the host of the show. Price will make the move to the Hee Haw Show in the mid-70s. The Russian paper Pravda, Russian for Truth, accuses some well-known doctors of a wide plot to poison Soviet leaders. Most of the accused are Jewish. Pravda was known to be controlled by the Central Committee and only printed the party line, much like the Western media today. In a rare feat, the chubby checker song The Twist goes to number one on the Hot 100 in 1962. What was unusual was this was the second time to the top spot by the same artist. It had been f- their first in 1960. You're gonna miss this You're gonna want 
While Checker is topping the charts, Trace Adkins is born in the northwestern Louisiana town of Sarepta. Adkins has released 40-some country singles, most making the country top 40, and worn fourth in the top 10. He is known for his very deep baritone voice. Actor Patrick Dempsey is 56 today, best remembered for his role on Grey's Anatomy. He continues to act to pay for his addiction to motorsports. Johnny Cash performs live at Folsom, California State Prison in 1968. The show was recorded for the live album that will become a classic. The next year, he records an album at San Quentin, also in California. Cash had a long history of playing prison concerts before and after the two albums. Cash was very outspoken in his belief in redemption and several other causes. One of his success stories was Merle Haggard, who was influenced by a Cash concert at San Quentin in 1958. Haggard was an inmate there at the time. Hawaiian officials start a panic when a warning of an impeding missile strike is issued in error in 2018. It's hard to understand how this could happen. Old-timers will remember when broadcast stations would conduct a regular test with a special alert tone designed to be irritating. Working at a station in the early 80s, there was a lot to the system. We could get alerts over the teletype or newswire and over the air from a larger station. In the corner of the control room was a binder with a red envelope sent from the government at regular intervals. It contained authenticator codes if a message was real and an actual emergency existed. The teletype circuit also had a 10-bell alarm for stories of the highest importance, usually called a flash message. It was a rush to work a breaking story. I was the engineer on our station's coverage of the Reagan assassination attempt. In a purely political stunt, President Trump is impeached or charged for a second time in 2021, just days before he was to leave office. The charges of inciting an insurrection are largely a ruse. Here in America, we cannot point too many fingers at the Russians and Pravda. That's history and comment for the 13th day of January. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.